This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Yeah, and then just like that. Ah. <laughs> a little microphone comes to life, and that's a good thing because uh, when the red button gets pressed, it all happens. And Matt's doing that. Matt Steadman, a very, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Cameron Smith. We've pulled the string again from your back. Yes. And, and away, away we go. go. <laughs> yes, it's all happening. It's the it's the hour of food here on 3 Triple RFM. The name of the show, of course, is called Eat It. And uh, what a delight it is to be part of your Sunday out there. How mm. you doing out there? We were saying In that winter wonderland. We were saying earlier before the show. It was interesting hearing the uh, folks from Radiotherapy talk about Mother's Day and um, you know the, how perhaps we should yes. we should be moving on from gendered things like Mother's Day and you know the fact that the the, the shopping catalogues are full of slippers and nighties and. Chocolate and all of that sort of stuff. But happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, regardless of how you spend it. Great idea and Mm. and great thing to sort of, you know, throw the cat on the table, I suppose. But, gosh, the pushback from the vested interests should be strong. (laughs) Hallmark cards. (laughs) Horrified. But But we said what? But if you put the uh, the eat it culinary hat on, it is. Uh, oh, what does one, that look like? One, well, it's a very fetching hat. Oh, very nice. Uh, it's a bit floppy in the front. Oh, um, yeah. One of the two busiest days <laughs> of the hospitality calendar, of course. So there's Valentine's Day and there's Mother's Day. So if you're running a restaurant, today is kind of you know your your um your highest mountain, your highest peak. Highest peak, mm. and but, but also the. Wonderful boisterousness of um, of a Mother's Day because let's face it, you take Mum out and you know slip her a few champagnes, <laughs> you know, yeah. get her a little bit off, you know, yeah. off chops a little bit in an RSA's kind of a way, in a nice <laughs> way. So it's but it, it's but it's a happy family sort of thing. And for uh, for years we've talked about how just the one night of the of the year to not go out mm. because it's the greatest buzzkill you've ever seen. Valentine's Day. There's twos everywhere and people yeah. are being very hustlers and stuff. <laughs> Do you like stuff? Yeah, I like stuff. Really? Whereas t- today's the opposite. It's it's not tables for two, it's tables for ten Yes, everywhere. and everyone's screaming. Noise. Ah, and, uh, more champagne. Yes. And uh, it's good. So anyway, happy mothers out there. And the other thing that we usually joke about is the fact that Mothers, if you're enjoying that breakfast in bed, mm. beware going into the kitchen. Maybe what you do is <laughs> you say, zone. I shall not clean the kitchen. That is for you to do. And hopefully not the dog licking up whatever was dropped half an hour ago. That's when you need a Labrador. Oh, yes. Yeah, the Labrador is the uh, uh, the recycling unit. One of my friends had a Labrador. called it a life support system for a stomach. Oh, yeah. And those tails are <laughs> terrible. They, they're great at knocking glasses off tables, too. Uh, 12.05 here on 3 RFM. Yes, you are listening to Eat It. Um, we have got a, a good show for mm. you today. We're, we're, we're going to start off... Actually, no, we'll go backwards. Sure. Um, Michael Harden. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yes. From Gourmet Traveller, writer around the, the place. Yep. Uh, Hilary McNevin, a fabulous food journalist. Um, I thought we'd sort of team it in with like a soap opera thing, mm. Home and Away. Mm. Home and Away, right? Yes. You know, mm. So um, the Away, because they're restaurant reviewers, I thought it's always a good idea to talk to the people that have an expense account to go and eat. Yes. That's a good thing. Yes. Um, and they know. They've got their finger on the pulse. Mm. Uh, they've got the fork on the plate. 
Yes, they you do. You could say. They've got their hands wrapped around the martini glass. And um, and they're going to report to you about what's good and um, and valid and mm-hmm. uh, things that we should look at. But then I thought I'd throw them a curveball. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're known for, you know, eating out yep. extraordinarily well. Yep. What do you cook at home? Ooh. You know, it's like, what's that in your mouth yes. at home? <laughs> um, so we thought we'd um, – we'll ask them about that. We go to market uh, where – uh, you might hear it in my voice. I've got a little bit of a lurgy at the moment. I've, I've heard that a lot of people, you know, misery loves company. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A few people around the place. So if you've got a cold, yep. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you all the way. You're sounding better now than you did earlier in the week. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. You're well, on, I think you're on the mend. Red light helps. Yeah. There's something about that red light on mm. the wall. It's just the microphones on. The old radio light. Yes. So, but I have a chat to John. And John and I uh, talk about many things as we do, mm-hmm. um, you know, his relatives a lot of the time. Yes. Talk a little bit about holy water. If you hear a reference to holy water, that's grappa, okay? Yes. Grappa and the coffee. But also, the minestra, to uh-huh. administer the medicine, because, you know, Italians are so into the per alimentari, and I'm yep. murdering Italian, sorry, folks. Um, but minestrone. Yeah. Um, because that's what I'm doing when I'm getting home. It's funny because I've always thought of minestrone more of a springtime kind of dealio, but you can have a minestrone for all seasons, can you not? Uh, well, I sort of think more of it as, as a winter thing. Yeah, uh, right. There's there's a soup in, in France called a pot de feu, mm, yes. which has sort of, you know, the um, basil on the top and the first spring vegetables. Mm. That's sort of, I see that sort of as the French version mm. of a minestrone mm. without all the beans and... Yeah, no beans. And the Parmesan rinds. <laughs> I love those. Anyway, we'll talk about those. And uh, what have we got? Kicking off, which yes. uh, we will shortly, um, is, well, we've had a, a change of seasons. We've, we've had a super dry April, have we not? Yeah, and it was kind of the talk of the city this week was when the switch got flicked well and truly to winter. Uh, what was it, Thursday or whenever? Anyway, yes. Yeah. You couldn't mistake it. The yeah. constant rain. Uh, winds, I, th- I saw on my app up to 70 kilometre an hour gusts of wind in the centre of the city. In the centre? It was not pleasant. Not even just that, that poor old uh, boy in um, St Kilda. No, oh, the one Which gets reported on. <laughs> just is not oh, it's windy here! <laughs> I can't give you a temperature, but it's windy! <laughs> it's, like it's, it's sort of a, Why? I, I'm really I'm digressing. Yeah. But why the hell can't they put a thermometer on that? Wind boy thing. I don't, I don't know because it, it's getting an electronic send of of wind. Maybe it's not a good place to take the temperature because of the wind. I don't know. I'll just stop now. Get me a meteorologist. Yeah, get me a meteorologist. Get to the bottom of this. Yeah, we will. And um, but uh, because of this change of weather, mm. one thing looks like we might be saved, mm. and that is the wonderful harvest of fungi that happens in autumn. That we all. Well, what am I doing? We don't, might not all look forward to it, but mm. I certainly do. I you do too. Mushroom go. risotto this time of year is always a bit of fun. Yep. For me, pine mushrooms with uh, lots of butter, yeah. sautéed lots of butter, thyme, yep. fresh yep. thyme, pepper, salt. And if you can't be bothered with that, you Squeeze just, of lemon juice. just use the butter and parsley and just gently fry them. Yes. And whack them on toast. Yeah, the best loaf you can get. Mm. You know, and just a nice slice of toast on the... Oh, God. Now you say when you say mushrooms, yes. uh, one man springs to mind, 
our friend of what many years now. You were saying to him on the phone. Um, I speak, of course, of Cameron Russell. Yes, it's been decades that we've been talking to Cammy about uh, mushrooms. We have indeed. Cam Russell used to be the used to do the market report. Actually, did he really? It was before yeah, my time. a long, long time yeah. ago. And then one day he said, "I said I need to talk to someone about tomatoes." He went. Ah, oh, you should probably go and talk to John. <laughs> you never came back. I didn't. <laughs> oh, forgive me. Forgive me. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it is 12.10 mm-hmm. on a Sunday where it – actually, it has been kind of nice. But it's been all right. The, uh, the switch has been thrown mm-hmm. on to winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have a chat to Cam Russell very, very shortly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm getting there. Yes. Is the piano player going to be there? Warming by the upright piano. (laughs) Sounds kind of good. And uh, warming the cockles of our hearts. Cameron Russell, a very, very good afternoon to you. Good hello afternoon to you, Mr. Cam, as well. Happy Mushroom Day. (laughs) Happy Mushroom Day to you as well. Well, maybe we would say Happy Mushroom Days are here, because when we were looking down the barrel of April, it was unseasonably dry. Um, Yeah. It kind of sucked, and we were... uh, Well, I was getting worried. I bet you were too, huh? I was, yeah, I was a little tentative. Mm. Looked back and looked back and went, oh, this looks like the mid-90s. This isn't nice. Oh, mid-90s, Jesus, yeah. It was a little dry, but no, it's rained, it's good, a little fecund world is popping up out of the ground, mushrooms are uh, are out there, it's, it's a very good thing. That sounds good. Now, you know, um, I don't have your expertise, Cam, I'm just not anywhere near where you are with, with the mushrooms, so... It's funny, when I, when I go mushroomings, I really look for just two. Because one, because you're never going to get it wrong. A pine mushroom is a pine mushroom is a pine. It's big, it's orange. Um, that's pretty much it, it, what it is. And uh, slippery jacks, because they have that sort of sponge-like gills underneath them that are, look different to, uh, to normal mushrooms. And I suppose they're the ones I go for, and I kind of avoid all the rest because I haven't got you... Next to me, going, oh Cam, maybe you better not eat that because it might just dissolve your kidneys. Yes, yeah, there is that. That does happen. Yes. Um, but it is. Look, with the the advent of social media, you those two varieties that you just mentioned, the Lactaris deliciosa and the Silus lutus slippery jacks pine mushrooms, people get those confused Ooh. as well with toxic mushrooms. Uh, uh, the other day uh, you, uh, on social media, it was like, dude, do not eat those. They will really mess you up. Yeah. No, no, they're, they're slippery jacks. Yeah, it's, it's they're cool. not. Because you just take 30 seconds to Google what a slippery jack is or as lutus. If you really have to, Wikipedia, it'll tell you. Yes. And, um, yeah, so it is still a dangerous thing. Eh? And, you know, more, more people need to be cautious like you can. Well, yeah, I want to do mushrooming next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which uh, which it would be be kind of love. I, I guess. Uh, what are the? Is there sort of a thing just to? Well, let's scare people maybe a little bit because the the you know sort of scared straight. Um, yeah. What are the things that people should look out for, and what are the consequences if they ingest something they shouldn't? Okay, the high end is you will die. Okay, um, right. Now write that down. You will die. Right. You will die. Matt's doing that um, right Amanita phylloides, it has a really easy name to understand in a common language. It's called a death cap. The death cap, <laughs> yes. It kills you. Um, usually, on average, we lose one person per annum. 
per year. Wow. In in Europe, the numbers sometimes are up, up around a few hundred. Really? So, look, yeah, so this, this, this does happen. And it's not just because, um, you know, it's people that are being overconfident um, and not really knowing what they're doing in the first place. Everywhere you go, you need to understand exactly where you are as far as it comes to picking mushrooms. Just because you're in an urban environment and it looks like something you'd buy in one of the two big supermarkets, uh-uh. it doesn't mean that it is an edible mushroom. Yep. It means that you are in an urban environment. There are thousands of different types of trees. There's different types of grasses. Different things come up in those environments. And if they're oaks or deciduous trees, there are ch- there's a fair chance that it is an Amanita phylloides and it only takes, when they're little, they look like button mushrooms you buy from the supermarket. Yeah. And, you know, it only takes less than a teaspoon to kill you. I think, John, Maybe, John case yeah, in point, think, you know, John, uh, Tomato City John was uh, saying that course. he had some growing around Moorabbin or something, he said, that he saw. So, yeah, they're, they're around in an urban oh, yeah. environment. Yeah. Um, I was in Bendigo a few years ago, and uh, funnily enough, in the in the front garden of the Bendigo Base Hospital, there was a huge flush of Amanita phylloides. There was probably enough there to wipe out a quarter of Bendigo, um, which you know was kind of amusing in the sense of where they were growing. But oh, the, the irony. thing is that yes. the irony yeah. and um, the memorial garden it was. Yes, it could um, have been. Could have been. Yes. Could have been. Yes. So yeah, all the way through to diarrhoea, to headaches. Yeah, I mean, that's just the Amanita phylloides, but. People confuse um, one of the most common mushrooms that grows out of stumps, which is called a gymnopilus junus. Um, they confuse that with a pine mushroom because they haven't taken the time to find out the characteristics, how they grow, why they grow, all of those kind of things about a pine mushroom. It's kind of orangish. It's more of a rusty brown. Yes. Um, there's a whole bunch of things. There's another one that grows quite commonly around deciduous trees, which is called a, a Paxil symbolus, which um, basically, if you can eat it a few times, I'm told, and then eventually what it does is it stops your red blood cells absorbing oxygen and you, die, you suffocate while breathing. Okay. So have I scared you yet, You scared the crap out of me. Um, Fantastic. Even, even my old pine mushrooms, yes. <laughs> But yeah, well, with the pine mushrooms and the slippery jacks, and there are other edible ones out there, mm. be cautious, do your reading, understand yep. where you are, the environment that they only grow in, Not they're not something that just grows anywhere. It, it takes a fair bit of being cautious and understanding. So just nicking out there and going, I don't know anything, but I'll give that a go, is not always a good thing. There is one other thing, of course, people can do, which is join you on a mushroom tour. Can indeed. Uh-huh. Are you, so you're, um, you, uh, how do people find you to, to you, you uh, where are you still around, uh, to Gallant, around Flinders? We, we know, we, we work now? out of Muraduck Estate Winery. Muraduck, yeah, oh, you've been doing that for Kate. years, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes, with Kate. With Kate and Richard down there, and, um, so we, we, we're down on the peninsula. The reason we do them down on the peninsula is, one is it's a great hospitality area. Mm. Two, the wine's fantastic, and Pinot's, let's face it, that's one of the best places on the planet yes. outside of France and for that very reason it gets the rainfall and it has the diversity of trees that we have different types of mushrooms coming up and we can talk about those um, you know we can go out into the middle of a pine forest but there's only a handful of things that we'll find out there so the diversity of trees allows us to come across the diversity of, of mushrooms of, to talk about. of shrooms yes yeah. indeed well 
Um, it's a it's a funny old thing. I think we have been saved by the bell. We've been saved by the precipitation. And thank God for we that. And uh, and the cold. Now all we've got to do is uh, we wait to see how the truffles go because uh, apparently the truffles need a a nice cold <laughs> night to yeah. uh, to keep them happening. And oh, it sort of spreads on, doesn't it? Brussels sprouts That's get up. sweeter, cabbages get sweeter. So this winter is a useful thing. Um, just in the last sort of thirty seconds or so that we uh, we have you, Cam, your favourite way of enjoying mushrooms? Um, after twenty years, it's still the same mm. in a sense. I love uh, frying off some uh, pine mushrooms, onion, garlic, parsley. Make some tagliatelle by hand with some friends, glass of wine, yes. you know, and just um, and do that. That after coming home after a cold day in the forest, that's kind of the best fun I reckon. It's funny you've put a real whimsical smile on Matt Stedman across me. You, you, you were enjoying that, weren't you? <laughs> just, that the, yeah, just the idea of the garlic and the onion in the mushroom oh, gives uh, it some depth oh, and roundness. And then also opening that bottle of wine too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, you were there oh, for yeah. that. <laughs> and look, that's what it's all about. Um, Cam, anything else you wanted to add to that? Just one thing, Cam. Please. You know, when we first started talking probably 20 years ago now about mm. mushrooms, mm. I was sort of going, oh, there's no truffles. Now we have a truffle industry in Australia. Oh, now there's no porcini. There's no porcinis. Now there are porcinis growing in South Australia. There are rumoured um, ones growing here in Victoria and various parts around. But really? Yet uncon- you know, the next thing you know, there'll be... There'll be white truffles growing under your bed in St Kilda somewhere. I'm yeah, sure wow. Can. In the sock drawer. In the sock drawer, <laughs> indeed. So, I mean, it's lovely that the diversity of things are being discovered, still being discovered here in Victoria, which is a lovely place to be and eat. Well, as we, uh, somebody is so fond of saying, the only constant is change. Indeed. Indeed. Cam, uh, may uh, your mushroom basket be overflowing over these uh, these next few weeks, and um, have a ball out there. Thank you, Cam, and we'll and I'll uh, I'll slip you some fungi when I find some. Slip me some fungi. <laughs> uh, lovely to talk to you, Cam. We'll see you later, mate. See ya. Thank you. Matt looks like he wants to do a live read. You've I got, got, I got, a, I got a bit of paper. I got a little message I yeah, want to get paper. across. Okay. Uh, so Sky was to Triple R, probably already aware, but there's been a bunch of new shows joining the Triple R grid this May, Cameron. Indeed, yes. Uh, including the one we want to highlight is called Still Here. This is the new show after us. It's presented by Neil Morris. So it starts today, Sundays from 1 p.m. Beautiful. Showcasing Indigenous music from here and globally, plus interviews with the Indigenous community and select music and words from other peoples of colour. Um, so that's one of the many new shows. You can head to the Triple R website if you want to check out what else is going on around the grid. There's been a few changes. They're all good. Yeah, if it's anything like the great uh, dig music that uh, was happening after the show last week, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty good. Should be good. A one, two, 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 or twelve, twenty-two, as that uh, says. I thought you were about uh, to count, count in the song. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it, Cam. Yeah. You, can you count to four? <laughs> uh, let's have some music. We'll be back with uh, John from the market, talking about minestrone and other things on three triple R. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's happened again. What, what can I say? There's sunshine. Uh, John has been so hospitable this morning. It's just incredible. I just want to thank you. First of all, for the, I'll thank you for the sunshine this Sunday. And uh, you've given me a coffee. I've got a little thing of holy water because I said I'm a little bit under the weather. Cakes have come out. Oh, my God. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to everyone and yourself as mm-hmm. well. How are things? Um, 
better. <laughs> <laughs> he came in this morning, he says, oh, I've got a bit of the flu, you know. So I gave him some uh, holy water, and that's got to cure anything, mate. In, and in the most beautiful cup, too. It's like This, this... is a little uh, cu- a coffee cup made in Japan. It's uh, purple um, on the outside and gold. Mauve, mauve sorry. Yes, lusterware inside, like yeah, gold. And, and, and it's worth a million dollars. When you drink coffee out of that, you feel regal. Oh, yeah, like the prince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, one thing I did notice uh, coming down. Well, actually, I've asked how you are. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, considering I got uh, blown away by the wind and the rain the other day, Ooh. you've turned up, the sun's come out. Heaven again, mate, that warmth, anyone you like, Sammy. Yeah, it was um, crazy that day. What did you do? Were you just sort of hanging on to the to the beams here, the supports? No, it started from when I got out of bed. I got out, I woke up and I could hear it coming down and I, and I said, will I, won't I, will I, won't I get out of bed? So I stayed in bed another 10 minutes. Yes. And then I got dressed and I could hear it coming down. So I, I sat in the kitchen for another 10 minutes. I bugger that, I'm not going out for anyone. Really? So then I went out the front door and stood in the veranda and it's coming down. And I said, oh, no way. I so I waited five minutes and it slowed down. As soon as I went out, it come down and bucketed down. Oh, oh my mate. God. So lucky I get into the truck and it bucketed all the way from Moravan to Epping. And then it slowed down when I got to Epping and it was beautiful. Well, what time of the morning was that? Well, I normally get up at 3 o'clock, so, wow. you know, from then it rolled on. And then I get out to the billion-dollar investment out there and there's three inches of water flowing across the car park. Really? <laughs> oh. Mod- modern ideas and modern technology, yeah, good on you with that one. <laughs> A little bit more money for the drainage, thank you very, very much. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say, one thing I did notice when um, walking up here, because of the cooler temperatures, there's a little bit more vibrancy with the with the quality of the stuff that you yeah. see. You notice well, yeah, definitely, like we've always said, um, water is a staff of life. It doesn't matter if you're plant, animal, human, whatever. Mm. You know, um, We like to see the rain. It makes you feel a little bit better. As long as you don't get wet, I hate getting wet, too, too wet. Yes. A little bit I don't mind. But the, the water, the rainwater gets into the ground. It oxygenates the ground. It activates all the manure and um, other things that are in the ground. And the plants wake up and say, I'm alive again. Yes. And they're vibrant. They're like a little baby. And they start growing again, whereas before they may have been dormant for a few days because they were cold. They didn't have any water to give them sustenance and foods to give them sustenance. That's why everything's vibrant. And it's beautiful to see. You can tell from the colours. Yeah. And especially this week, we've had a lot of tourists in the market. They've had a field day with the cameras because, you know, everything's just so vibrant. Yeah, yeah. And there is still the changeover of the seasons. Like, um, you know, down the road here, down the, this aisle, I should say, I still see um, figs. Yes, I'd say they'd be coming out of um, New South Wales or maybe even Queensland. Who knows? But then oh, again, okay. Mum said to me yesterday that her um, friend that lives a kilometre away in Moorabbin... Um, brought a little container of figs. She said they, they were a little bit wishy-washy, but they were still presentable and edible. Wow. So they could even be out of the hills. Maybe they've got them under shade cloth because the little natural sultanas that I've got there, if you look at them, the, the, the stem is still very much alive. Still green. Still green. So what mm. they've done is they've left them hanging on the vine because they're covered in shade cloth, gives it a little bit of protection from the weather and the birds, yep. and it hasn't been in the fridge. Whereas the poor muscatels were put in a fridge about a month ago, still very edible, 
Still very crisp. They're beautiful. Mm. But it just shows you what the difference is. Wow. And um, what about tomatoes this time of year? What's, you know, as we say, the place is called Tomato City. Well, we're halfway through May. And normally, you know, by June I say, well, you know, it's time to give up the ghost. But I said to Tony, the grower on Wednesday, I said, Tony, are you nearly done? And he said, nearly done. He said, I've got 2,000 plants that I haven't started to pick yet. So, you know, that's about three to 4,000 boxes of tomatoes still to come. So um, this guy's got three green thumbs. His missus um, was three or four. Three or four green thumbs. Three or four green thumbs. So um, he's got the technique because his brother-in-law, no disrespect to him, his tomatoes are not as tasty as Tony's because when he pulls the plants out, he'll leave the fields fallow for a little while and then he'll get in, dig it up, manure it, and get it ready for the next season. so the land's rested a little bit because we're really intensive croppers in Victoria and that's the biggest problem sometimes. You pull something out, you put something in. And no uh, chance to rest and no recuperate. No chance to rest and yeah. we deplete the soil and, and we have to put stuff back in. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I got my coffee. I'm going to have a quick sip. Yeah, yeah have, a, have a sip because you've, um, you've been... But, um, yeah, that's um, kind of an important thing and that sort of goes Jamie. to that whole thing of stewardship and looking after the land too, eh? Oh, definitely, because it's very important because um, it's what gives us sustenance as well. Yeah. So if you treat well, you get treated well. So you can't expect to get good stuff out of bad soil. So if you prepare your soil properly, you can expect a good crop. It's also, you can sort of think the analogy deposits and withdrawals too. Oh, bank. Definitely, definitely, because that's the way it works. And I think that's in a lot of things in life as well, but a lot of people don't see it. But anyway, that's another story. (laughs) But we were, I I was mentioning those grapes before. They're rather glorious. People have been um, buying them because they're the beautiful black baubles of Muscatel. And even if people are not in love with the seed, they still eat them because they know that you can't replicate that in, in a seedless grape. Yeah. And you've bought a ciabatta, and the best thing to do is to have fresh grapes in the morning with a slice of fresh ciabatta. You've got to try it, especially in the summertime. It's just so refreshing. Fresh grapes. Fresh grapes. Ciabatta. Ciabatta. Cheese. Olive oil. No, no, no. no. Very no why are you doing simple, that for? simple, simple, simple. Oh, okay. A little bit of cheese if you really want to get decadent. You know, what, what sort of cheese? Whatever turns you on, mate. Okay. I'm, I'm simple. I like my craft cheese. But you know, yeah, you, craft cheese. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you, you can get in. But uh, you'd, you'd have some parmigiano. You've got the grana in the back of the fridge. We have too. that as well. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't use that on a pasta, though. We we use a pecorino on a pasta. Yeah. yeah. But we've got uh, the all the che- good Italian cheeses. Um, some even made in Australia, Italian style, but anyway. Um, maybe a soft cheese or... Um, so, uh, so gra- well, grapes and, well, yeah, grapes and grapes and cheese go along really, really well. So they do. And for breakfast, um, you know, some people might think it's a bit weird because they think of that as a supper or a dessert thing, but mm. you've got to try it, especially, like I said, especially on a hot day. When my grandmother came over from Italy, um, she fell in love with our muscatels as well because she had some back home. And she'd get out of bed and get out, no teeth, mind you, get out the hard, crusty bread and the grapes in the morning and away she went. And she was as happy as Larry, so, you know. So with the grapes and the bread? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Anyway, she had, a, she had a smile on her face and said that was kind of good. But you can't complain or go against an 80-year-old, so there you go. Well, why would you even try, especially yeah, a woman too, so don't, uh, don't argue. 
because you won't win. Um, a lot of people, I'm sort of defining the market in my own terms, and my dad always told me not to do that, but uh, I've got a little bit of a allergy, bit of a cold, not flu, bit of a cold. Um, minestrone. Ah, minestrone. Is it time to talk minestrone? Yes. It is, it is, All because right. people have been asking me for the bolotti beans. Yeah. Now... Oh, are they around? Um, no, there no. were some, but they weren't good enough. I, I um, also spoke to the grower that sells them because they've got farms here in Bairnsdale and in Queensland. Mm. And um, when they haven't got stuff here, they send it down from their farm in Gympie. And the boys said, well, maybe a couple of weeks. I said, hurry up, my freezer's empty because we make pasta and beans and minestrone. Your favourite pasta fagioli. Yeah, pasta fagioli. Right. And the minestrone, if you put a handful of bolotti beans, it really picks it up. Gives a body, flavour, colour, a different texture. My favourite thing in the minestrone when you find it, the parmesan rinds. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. It is incredible that something so hard and so inedible that when you boil it up in a soup, turns into such a delicious thing. Well, I was speaking to some friends of mine about that last year when we talked about this, and Mm. they said that they'd nearly had a fist fight at the table to fight the sea. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's like every man for himself. (laughs) The the tactics of getting the parmesan rinds. Yeah, so the beauty with the Bolotti beans is um, they're beautiful, long, stripy beans. What what, what colour would you call that? Because Uh, you're... uh, magenta. And magenta. Yeah, it's beautiful. sort of a purple, yeah, pur- beautiful purple. pink. Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. And you open up, and these beautiful hard beans are inside, and you can either stew them up on their own, or you can put them into the minestrone. But what I say to people, instead of buying a handful, mm. when you see that it's a price that you can deal with, because sometimes they can be 12 to $15, yeah, sometimes yeah. they can be $6. Yeah. Buy a kilo, yes. pod them. Put them into a freezer bag, straight into the freezer. Don't wash them, nothing, because they've come straight out of the pot. Yeah. One bag into the freezer. When you want to make them in Australia or something, you open up the bag and you get out a handful, two handfuls, whatever, straight into the pot. I love that. That's a beautiful idea. Um, oh, we probably need to wrap this up. So just quickly, uh, favourite vegetables to go into a minestrone? Oh, everything, everything that's in the bottom of the cupboard now. Yeah. The northern Italians use La Verza, which is a Savoy, oh, yes. and preferably the hard Savoy, not the softer one. Oh, okay. Uh, and they use the hard outer leaves, and they chop it up and put it in at the end. At the end, exactly. So um, it doesn't get lost in the minestrone, because we like to simmer the minestrone very slowly for quite a few hours. Yes. You name it, we put it in carrots, uh, even the pasta, not traditional. Yes. Yeah. Um, celery, tomato. No capsicum. Spring though. onion, no capsicum. That's yeah, probably the only, the only one. thing. Yeah, it's probably yeah, the only too thing. Too much acid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you name it, it can go in even a bit of broccoli if you want. Not normally, but you can. There are yeah. no rules. I keep yeah. telling people, if you get the recipe right, it's good for you. Someone else might not do it, but if you like it, who's to say that you're wrong? So you can put a bit of broccoli, a bit of cabbage at the end. Like we said, carrot, onion especially. Yes. A bay leaf as well. Oh, bay leaf. Um, uh, garlic. Oregano. Mm, yeah, a little bit. Maybe at the I, end I'm as well. I'm thinking like quarter teaspoon almost. Yeah, yeah not plenty much. of fresh parsley as yeah, well. Yes. Um, basil, not necessarily, I think, gets lost in there. Yes. Uh, and the zucchini as well you can put in. If you can find one at this time of year. Peas. Oh, there's plenty of zucchini still, actually. Yeah. We're rather blessed. Oh, okay. So, you know, we're rather blessed with everything. Guys. I think we've got an abundance of everything as consumed by prices because there's not much over 5 or $6 a kilo other than beans and peas. 
and that's why we come to the market. All right, look, we better wrap this up. Uh, just a very, very quick pick of the market. Pick of the market. Oh, we're going to have a big minestrone tomorrow night. I know that's on the card, so it's good right. that we talked about that. Good. And tonight I'm getting lucky because Mother's Day, my son's Hang birthday. About it. it's, you're getting lucky because it's Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's a big story. Oh, okay. My son turned 20 yesterday, yeah. and my dad turns 92 on when, a Tuesday. Yeah. So all the cousins and mums today having lunch. When I get there, we'll have a big dinner. She's made hand handmade pasta, the cavatelli, which... There's little strips rolled with a fingertip. Yes. Oh, handmade cabbage. Handmade, mate. Handmade. My mum's sitting in the kitchen the other day. She's 86, 84. 84. I can't count today. Say hello. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Making them by hand. I said, Mum, you're crazy. You're going to have 14 people. Don't you worry. That's my business. My thing. My business. Back off. She made the pasta, put it in the freezer because it's better if it's frozen rather than dry, that little shape that she makes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I'm lucky, so we'll have a little bit of meat in the ragu and uh, birthday, or not birthday, Mother's Day cake and birthday cake together. And we may have a few quiet drinks, maybe even a few loud ones, who knows, because I've got tomorrow off. That sounds good. All right, look, I better fly. Um, thank you for the, uh, the careto and, uh, and the hospitality. Good to see you. It is. That's what life's about, Cam, isn't it? Yeah, mate. All the best. Thanks, Sean. All right, we've got our attention, Matt. Did you? Mm, Those yes, who are good. not around, we had a big countdown. <laughs> Hillary, put the phone down. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're introduced to the microphones. A couple of great foodies. Uh, that's, is that a good way to introduce you? How would you I'm introduce to, yourself? I'm actually going to slap you yeah, after we just, finish. Well, yeah, I saw like you look at me like yeah, that. Yeah. Don't I'm look at me in that tone of voice. I'm mm-hmm. out of my bag. Don't mm-hmm. call us a foodie. Mm-hmm. Well, how about, look, we introduce yourselves then. Uh, I'd like old hack. Old hack probably good for me. That's good. Yeah, Michael Harden, old hack. Woman of a certain age. Oh, woman of a certain <laughs> age. Yes. Um, Thank you. Thank and you. we should actually um, publicly wish you. Don't look at me like that. It's okay. No, it's just okay. Happy birthday. It's, att- it's a means attention for me. So oh, okay. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to you. It's uh, well, a, yeah. Something, something never gets old. Yeah. Hillary leading attention. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. That's why we're oh, friends. This I is good. <laughs> Conflict Radio. It's uh, it's happening. I'm sure there's some eyebrows oh, being raised. Um, thank you, thank you, Cameron Smith. The, thank you, Matt, for having me, and thank you for the birthday wishes. And thank you for the electricity that's come down here <laughs> to power the desk, which is all good. But I thought we'd do this theme, um, just bringing in a soap opera to do food, and why not? Sure, why not? Home and away. Okay. You were going to sing the song. <laughs> I um no oh, <laughs> no yeah. no because you were going to do a little bit of method acting or something. I did yesterday. You ca- called me and I think I just said to you, Craig, <laughs> oh, "Don't die on the beach." Yeah, don't yeah. die. Yeah. Well, Craig told me to tell you that you're dropped. You're dropped. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. That's what we intellectualised the right. show okay. yesterday. The theme. We had a very far-reaching intellectual discussion, Michael. But Obviously, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've heard that that show, a friend of mine uh, calls that show "Losers and Morons." Losers and Morons yeah. got a nice ring mm-hmm. to it. I think mm-hmm. we can go with that. Mm-hmm. Get some advertisers in. We should do very well. But you guys get to eat out a lot, it has to be said. And you're sort of on the uh, the bleeding edge of uh, restaurants and what's good and great and maybe not so great uh, in food. And I thought we'd talk about that. But then also just turn it around. This is the home part. Mm-hmm. What do you eat at home when you're, um, when you're not doing it? So I thought maybe we'll just discuss these things. And uh, well, where should we start? Do we, do we want to go... 
Home or away? It's your your Let's pick. Do Birthday home. girl. Yeah, should we go? Let's yeah. do home. home. I okay. think first. Let's do home. We'll start with Michael. We'll Michael has a new kitchen, or yep. relatively new. Yep, reasonably new. Um, still one of those one of those purchases where you think at the time, oh my god, why did I spend that much money? But every time I walk in there, I get happier. Oh my god, um, this is my beautiful space. That yeah. my happy space. Yeah, exactly. Because kitchens can be very much happy spaces. Yeah, exactly. And it is a lovely kitchen. It the is space kitchen. of contentment. Yeah, and meditation. Um, exactly. And I'm um, a good place to cook a chop. So. <laughs> a single chop. Mm. Here's single Michael. Chop. That's what I do. Living it up mm-hmm. one chop at a time. Mm-hmm. It's like it's zen. <laughs> while, while weeping softly into the frying pan. Exactly. And deglazing exactly. the pan with your tears. Exactly. Yeah. It's the only way to cook a chop. Singing, singing mm. Eric Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, because I am now fifty. People yeah. out there must, yeah, forget that other woman who did the cover version of that. Eric yeah. Carmen's mm. all by myself. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. <laughs> or, or maybe singing to the chop. I want to know what love is. Mm. Mm. All by myself. That's going to be the name of my next cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually, I've seen. I've got somewhere a cookbook for one, and it mm. is one of the most depressing <laughs> things yeah, yeah. I have ever seen in my life. Because you've just got this sad. Middle-aged guy just cooking things for himself, and no. it's like a little tiny. Like they didn't even give him a large format. It was, no. it was one of the saddest things I've yeah, ever read. Why would you bother? Yeah, why would you bother? Mm. Just kill yourself. Is that what it was called? Yes. Why bother? <laughs> why bother? I'm going to McDonald's. <laughs> Happy meal. Yeah. Can we get back to what Cheers. Michael t- cooks in his new yes, kitchen? Yes, thank you, young man. Thank you, Hillary. friends of mine. Matt's well, nodding too. Yes, but I, I have to say that the the chop idea is not far away because I do eat out a lot and I eat a, I eat a lot of restaurant food and yes. a lot of restaurant food, fantastic as it is, is very complicated. A lot of ingredients, a lot of fat, a lot of salt, a lot of sugar. You know, all of those sort yeah, of things. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of, when I cook at home, I do tend to keep it pretty simple. Um, I cook a lot of vegetables. So you um, eat like a king out and you cook like a peasant at home. Exactly, because that's my true nature. Yes. So uh, the peasant. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the, I, do, I do a lot of, like, I'll do slow-roasted meats. I'll do a lot of vegetables, uh, you know, those sort of things. It's sort of like to be just really simple. And sometimes it is a, as simple as a couple of chops and a really good Greek salad. Boom. Is what yeah. will will yeah. float my boat, and it's sort of like that's that's where I like to eat because I just like to keep it simple. Because mm. I thought the thought of you know because sometimes when you've after you've had sort of a couple of fourteen course degustation food waterboarding, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Look, thank you, Larissa yeah, yeah. Becky, for that. Uh, that <laughs> I know yes. she's she's a genius. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's 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 my recipe for simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, Hillary, you've dusted off the crockpot. You've brought it out uh, with the crock intention. Not with a slow cooker. Slow yes. cooker. Well, I guess they're it's similar, the similar thing, concepts, aren't they? Yeah. A seventies yeah. name and a, a, a not a seventies name, but well, yes, it depends um, whether you got it from the op shop or not. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a birthday present a few a years ago. <laughs> there you go, right, so very glamorous one. Yeah. Mm, anyway, um, <laughs> thanks. No, as simply lovely as, brown. Yeah, beef uh, a beef and Guinness. Um, I, I cook up a, a hell of a lot. Yes. <laughs> a, a, a large amount of um, slow-cooked beef and Guinness, and some of that might be for dinner. So mm-hmm. on toasted bread with lots of mustard for the kids. The kids love that with sort of mustard, thing. Mustard, like, wow. So you put What's mustard on What's mustard, French or English? Oh, well, French for the kids, it's not. I like a bit of English because it's got a, a bit it's of a just, kick to it's it. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm living on the edge. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm, um, and I do the whole... Mother, working mother, planning ahead, freeze, 
Oh, cook it into phrase, things, cook phrase, yeah, cook phrase, phrase and make phrase, pies yeah. out of it and sausage rolls and sorts of little things like that for the Good kids, idea. which is um, nice on cold weekends. Yes. And then oxtail is something I'm just loving. And the other mm. day, I had I cooked some last winter, and then someone we were talking about cuts of meat like that because food writers do have really daggy <laughs> conversations with people that make them very happy. Yes. And uh, I was talking to another food person, and we were talking about the joys of oxtail just cooked really slowly in um, veal stock with lots of orange. Orange oh, zest. Oh, yeah, hello. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and, an old, old school classic. And before but, you um, know it, the paparadella is out. Mate, beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so think that. And also um, seafood. I like a lot of seafood in winter, like whole fish, that kind of stuff. Seafood's quite. And oysters are lovely. You're the, you're the seafood expert. What should we be eating? Like, yes. I feel like I need to cook more fish. What should I be eating in winter? Our blue grenadier is rockin' in right. winter. So okay. is New Zealand flounder. Mm-hmm. And um, Blue grenadier is the. Um, it's very abundant. It's abundant in winter. And um, then there's the all year round. Things like from New Zealand and also Victoria Snapper is always is looking mm. good. Snapper from New Zealand, I should say, at the moment is looking good. It's blue better. eye, is that around? Yeah, yeah, it is. I've it's um, blue eye because it's no, it's lovely. It's lovely and meaty. And, yeah, and there's meaty. always, I think, sardines and mullet are great through winter because they've just got that lovely. De- oh, they're great yeah, all year round. Actually, yeah. yeah, that oiliness. Mm-hmm. And um, Taylor is a fish that you don't Who? see a lot here. Taylor. Taylor, T-A-I, no, Taylor, as in Taylor, like Taylor the person who sews. And um, yeah. Taylor. What is, Taylor. What, what's, what's a Taylor? I've never it's heard of this. It's a white flesh, mild this fish. fish. I Michael. Actually, no, I, I've heard of Taylor, but it, like I think since not since I was a child growing up in um, New South Wales. Yeah. I've heard of yeah, Taylor. Yeah, you'd hear of so. it more in New South Wales and Queensland, yeah. Yeah. right? Because of where I grew up, I yeah. did. I was yeah, but it's actually a beautiful fish to seek out. And as you know, the more you buy, the more it creates. Supply and demand, pretty simple. But, but it's, it's a, it's a, a nat- like an indigenous yes. fish. Yeah, it's native yeah, okay. to Australia. Yeah. It's not um, an introduced species like like Atlantic salmon yeah. that everyone <laughs> eats. And um, it's yeah, it's white fleshed, very mild flavour, very easy to cook. You know, it would be I guess similar to a blue grenadier in that it's just easy mild mild flavoured fish and not as expensive as say flathead or something like that. Or whiting. Oh, whiting. Oh, yeah. Whiting's the lovely at the moment. Yeah. King, well, the King George is really lovely. Yeah. But there's diff- sand whiting's beautiful. It's smaller, but sand gee, it's delicious. Yeah. yeah, It's got that sweetness to it. Exactly, mm. exactly. Miso so, butter. Yes. With fish. Awesome. Just miso Toast. paste mm. on yeah, top yeah. of a fillet, just yeah. straight paste. Oh, I was just, when, it, when you said <coughs> King George whiting, I thought, God, if I could have a fillet of that now, a little bit of... White miso butter on, on top yeah. of that would just be Or instead of butter, just mix it with a bit of mirin. Yep. And that just, um, because the, the whiting's already got that, I don't know, a bit fleshiness. A bit mm-hmm. of mirin sweetens it up a bit too. Mm. Okay. Um, bit fun. So the slow cooker is out. Yes. Uh, the music's on. We've got a bottle in front of us. It's, a, it's all good. Um, but what about out there in the, in the great world? There's been all sorts of places that have been... Opening a few that have shut down actually. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Most notably, I think maybe Auteur in Flinders Lane. Yeah, that's and one. then yeah. the Point in Albert Park <gasps> has closed as Where? well. Oh, that was very recent. Uh, last week. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been turned into a function centre. Oh, for God's sake! Mm. What a mm, so. great property that is. Yeah, great property. It was a really, really what good a restaurant legacy that for a long is time. Too. Um, Ian Curley cooked Scott there. Pickett. Scott Pickett cooked there. You know, it was like it was. Uh, it was, and some really good mm. people worked Robin, in the house. Who, and, who ran the yeah, place? Yeah. It was a fabulous. Wow! Mm. And mm. Andy Hamill was the last. That's right, and he there. was, he was, he was really good too. Yeah. Are they keeping the restaurant downstairs? Yeah, or they're the keeping the, the, the Chinese the restaurant, Chinese restaurant downstairs. Okay, downstairs. okay. okay. Yeah. gone by the wayside. That's uh, be interesting to see. 
Uh, Auteur in Flinders Lane um, closed down. <coughs> Not quite Which sure is, why. Was this, I just don't think it was getting the crowd in. People, I don't think people recognised what, like, understood exactly what it was. Well, it was um, about to cut down French food. Which, yeah, it was sort of like away. smart modern French food, and they were actually. I thought, like, I was really surprised when it closed because I thought that they were kind of hitting their stride. They'd sort of been through a couple of different chefs, and things seemed to be sort of. You know, on track. Yes. And uh, but obviously the numbers weren't adding up. And mm. you've uh, you've got to pay that um, feed the beast, which is the exactly. landlord. Let's face it. The, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and that's really tough. Yeah, and um, is it the fact that rents are getting so high? And margins are getting small. Margins <laughs> are getting small, and it's very, very, very competitive. There's so mm. many places opening yes. all the time, and um, you know that that means that people are looking around for value yes. as well as flavour. So you know that's kind of there's a bit of a price war going on, particularly in the mid level. Mm. You know the, the the more expensive rest, like the more sort of three star, three hat kind of restaurants. Yep. Um, you know, the mid level's the hardest zone to be yeah. in, though, isn't it? But it's yeah. what Melbourne does really, really well. Mm. Yes. So you know it's sort of like it's it's kind of like, you know, Hunger Games for restaurants and it's sort of like, yeah. you know, you're just hoping that like the survival, it's really the survival of the fittest. And, you know, luckily we've got some, you know, that you're talking about, you know, restaurants like um, Francois and Kenzan and Destasio and like, you know, they've been around for years and years at that kind of mid-level mm. and have worked out how to do it and have sort of, you know, worked out that if you just keep your product at a certain level and, you know, really constant and people know that you're there, then it's a recipe for success. Observation, comment, uh, there seems to be a new restaurant precinct. It's almost like the new Flinders Lane at the top of Little Burke Street, the eastern side with... Saracen. Saracen, which, yeah, is a really, really is fine addition. And then... Anan, um, and then... Uh, the Jerry Mai's uh, sort mm-hmm. of hot uh, Vietnamese, or a little bit of up-tempo. Yeah, sort of Southeast Asian, because she's got sort of Cambodian stuff going on in there as well. So, that's um, a beautiful place. That's a, yeah, it's a really good... There's some really good dishes there. Mm. Um, I think that's really good. And Bar Saracen, which is Joe Joseph Aboud yes. and Ari Vlasopoulos, mm. who are both sort of industry veterans. Um, Joe's food has always been like it's always I've been a favourite of that. He's had Rumi in uh, East Brunswick for a long time yeah. and uh, still really kicking goals. And this what well, this is a really good like casual bar. Some really good things. You please try the fried okra. It's yeah, absolutely yeah. delicious, and yeah. it's a slime-free zone for okra. Slime-free zone? Yeah, which is <laughs> okay, which absolutely kind of fantastic. freaks people. And also, uh, Joseph was saying, look out for the prison tray food lunches. Mm. Uh, which you know the the trays is going to do yeah. like you know a little falafel hummus for, for around twenty bucks maybe a yeah. little bit under and you know I'm not a dessert person and I really like the desserts there they do they've got a um, they do a pineapple granita with like, that they team with Iraq so you've got that kind of aniseedy thing yeah. going with the sweetness of the pineapple and they're really like delicious desserts which I don't usually plug. Minute and a half left to go. Um, I am just turned into your fairy godmother. I have a little tutu. I'm wearing blundstone boots because I'm sort of a, a butch fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I can grant you a wish. Uh, where would you like to eat? Uh, around Melbourne. Uh, just psh, there we go. I'll just I'll just transport you there. Oh wow! I did, I did my little magic that wand thing. Oh, that's it's incredibly um... difficult. Old or new? Well, doesn't matter. Well, all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want you want help from me? Though? Yeah, it's like, I know. Um, really? Right. Well, okay. Now we've okay. Context. We have been talking about the new places yeah. that have been happening. So, how about a new place, yeah. Michael? Look, 
I've got a couple of – we've already talked about Saracen, but the other one um, – yes. well, two, actually. Congress in Collingwood, a wine bar, really fantastic, great yes. food, um, run by the same – like brother and sister of um, Astrid McKenzie, who has fleet in New South Wales, so yes. really good kind of industry pedigree. Yeah. And then also there's Restaurant Chic, which is a modern Korean restaurant in Niagara Lane in the city, which is really great. Okay. Fantastic wine list, delicious food, um, but vegetarians beware, there's nothing there for you. Uh, everyone's talking about Atlas as well. Atlas has always been a great... Yeah, it's been okay. like a, a year or so. Always worth having a look at. All right, we've got a couple of seconds. Did you want to do one, Hills? I was going to go the old school place and thought go. two places I wanted, I'd like to go tonight if I could would be Flower Drum or the Lincoln. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Sounds good. <laughs> Let's... Uh, want to take me out, give me a call. It is uh, one o'clock. New show is on, Matt. Uh, Neil's coming up next with Still Here, which is our new addition to the Sunday lineup on Triple R. And JVG, of course, after that... Thanks for coming in, you guys. Thanks for having us. Great to see you. And thanks for listening out there, folks. Look forward to speaking to you next week. Mm. This has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.